Somewhat surprisingly, the Mariners did not select anyone in the Rule 5 draft. So why did they clear those two spots on their 40-man roster last week? Plus, it's looking more and more likely that the Mariners and Rays are going to line up for a trade. Let's talk about it. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, December 6, 2023. This is Tiny as and Colby Pennod for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode the winter meetings are winding down the rule five draft was today and the mariners surprisingly did not take anyone in the major league portion of the draft despite having four open spots on their 40-man roster we're going to talk about that as well as some info from ken rosenthal regarding trade talks between the mariners and rays and a player who made it into our off-season plan is apparently available so we'll discuss that a little bit as well, but we're going to start with the Rule Five Draft here, Colby. Uh, quite a surprise here that the Mariners did not take anyone in the Rule Five Draft. They usually do. It's pretty much always been a reliever. Uh, they have four open spots on the forty-man roster, like I mentioned, but they didn't take anyone. They passed when their their pick came around. Um, let's let's address this real quick. It is very very typical for teams to pass on Rule Five selections, even if they have forty-man spots open this is not a money saving thing this in, the, in this particular instance this is not a money saving thing because the mariners are eventually going to have a full 40-man roster just like every other team and they're going to be paying league minimum salaries to guys like they would with their rule five draft pick and that's only if the rule five draft pick even makes the roster i, I think this is very simple or as as simple as either someone that they liked that they wanted to draft got drafted ahead of them or they just they just didn't like anyone. They didn't they didn't really feel it was worth taking the swing on anyone in this uh, particular Rule Five draft. So I think that's it. Do do you agree? Disagree? Are you disappointed that they didn't come away with someone from this draft? I think Stan just didn't want to spend fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> right. Um, right. Right. Uh, it's a little surprising. Uh, not because you know there was guys there who you're like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. Take that guy. It just the Mariners always take somebody uh, and they, they didn't, I can't remember the last year they didn't take somebody. No. Um, and it's usually a pitcher. And, and all, I think there was nine players selected in the major league portion this year. All nine were pitchers. Um, so uh, Nassim Nunez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven pitchers, two position players. Yeah. Typically they take a pitcher. Uh, they didn't this year and it seemed kind of like a slam dunk because they had four open roster spots and, you know, they have plenty of other, you know, avenues to open up 40 man space if they need to. So, um, you know, I think this is pretty clearly just a case of there weren't any arms that they liked there and there weren't any, uh, they didn't see any reason to take a, a bat or, or anything like that, who they thought could had a shot to make their, their opening day roster, um, and stick, uh, it doesn't mean necessarily that some of the guys that we thought maybe they might have interest in, maybe they just go out and they trade for them because now, because now they don't have to put them on their 40 man. We don't know. Um, but yeah, there, there were, you know, a couple guys that, that I thought could have been the pick and, and 
that's never really mattered before. Seattle typically goes way off the board uh, with their selections, but this year they just obviously didn't see anybody that they thought was uh, was worth the 40-man spot. So um, any other year, we're probably not talking about this, but just because it's the Mariners and, and they always take somebody in the Rule 5, and obviously yeah. based on the last couple of days, uh, it, it seemed like this was a slam dunk. Of course they're going to yeah. take somebody. Uh, and they didn't. So it's it just a bit of a surprise, but you know, this had happened last year or if it happens next year, we're probably not even talking about it because the rule five draft is such a minor thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the, the only reason we talk about it on this show is because it gives us a segment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, during a slow time of the year. We, so. we, we were hoping that we were going to actually have someone to talk about. I think that's the most disappointing aspect of this from our standpoint <laughs> as content creators is that we sure. didn't have, uh, we don't have a player to talk about, new player to talk about. So um it does the, feel like though, just in general, the Mariners fan base could really use an addition to the 40 man, and it almost yeah. doesn't matter who it is. Right, right. Just some acquisition that positive can't acquisition be, that, that can't be like talked about in a negative sense. <laughs> like it's just even if it's like not even if he's not going to make the roster, just someone that it's like there is no negative angle to that move but we don't we didn't even get that today so uh the Mariners lost uh right-handed reliever steven kolak to the uh, padres um older dude you know in in triple a tacoma um kind of an interesting arm but they had an opportunity to call him up this year didn't do that so and they obviously have a ton of arms in that kind of mold so yeah not a huge deal there mid 90s but really like flat fastball so it actually plays down from the velocity and yeah. decent slider but 35 40 control and command so 27 yeah. years old something like that i doubt he makes the padres uh he sticks with the padres all next year but you never know yeah we'll see uh so we know why they opened up two of the four open spots on their 40 man roster. I mean, dumping the contracts of Marco Gonzalez and Evan white. Um, but they also DFA'd Caleb Ort and Cooper Hummel last week. And when we finally found out about those moves, because both of those guys were claimed, uh, Ryan Dibish had basically said that it was, it was to make room for a 40 man selection. Now I, I assume that was just speculation trying to put two and two together here, but, uh, it seemed like, yeah, the writing was on the wall for that. Um, so why do you think they, they actually, you know, DFA'd those guys last week? What was the practicality of that? What was the purpose of that? Money. We're going to, we're going to Brian Winhorst it. Why would, why would they do that? Why would they do that? Coley? To save money. You know, they don't have to pay those guys. It's all about money, right. Ty. Right. Every move Jerry Depoto makes is just shaving money off the top so he can put it in his back pocket. Right, right. Yeah, Jerry specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who else would it be? Right. Let's move on to something a little more interesting. Rays and the Mariners. More interesting than the Rule 5 draft? What? Is that possible? Mariners of the Rays. Uh, there's some info out there about some trade talks that they've had as of late. Seems like, I mean... On the surface, you know, when we've talked about the off-season plan and all that, seems like the you know the Rays make a lot of sense as a trade partner for the Mariners. And you know, sometimes when when there's an obvious fit like that, it uh, you know it comes to fruition, and sometimes not. 
but it seems like the the Mariners and the Rays do agree that they line up pretty well for a trade. So uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. You know, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. But today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster supply chain issue because you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry anymore about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescription. This is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply, and I also ordered an antibiotic kit. Now, I feel secure. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So. If you or someone you love will get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-C-K-D-O-N, $20 off your purchase. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day folks we are 19 subscribers away from 10,000 on youtube subscribe subscribe now if you haven't already tell a friend tell your family members tell anyone you know who's a Mariners fan or even if they're not a Mariners fan to come subscribe get us to 10k and then as promised colby will hit some fortnite dances on the show little gritty little gritty little default dance little orange justice uh-huh. Yeah, Ty's writing oh, checks that he can't cash. Coley, just do this. Just do this, and I'll count it as a gritty. Nope. Come on. Be a man nope. of the people. Why nope. not? Why? When have I ever been a man of the people? Well, there there you go. So, obviously, Team mm-hmm. Ty, you know, when we put out the shirts, you guys will be buying Team Ty shirts now, not Team Colby shirts. That has been I solidified. Guess if, you're, if you're desperate for affirmation, you can get Team Ty shirts. Colby has just outright said that he doesn't care about you guys because he's not going to hit the Fortnite dances when uh, you get us to 10k. You're really not as good at this gaslighting thing as I am, and I'm not even 100% sure I know what that means, so (laughs) think about that. Just wait until I learn what it actually means. Right, right. You'll get there one day. You'll figure it out. I'd have to care. And as evidenced by our Rule 5 segment, you you do not most certainly care. Not about the Rule 5 about most things too i mean but a lot of things the rule five is definitely up there for things i could not care less about all right cool i'm 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 calling an audible here top five things you care about oh let's not do this (laughs) that sounds like a better question of the day right all right yeah 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 you guys answer that for us top five things colby actually cares about let us know in the comments below. So Ken Rosenthal 
hopped on the foul territory podcast with aj Przezinski last night for the winter meetings and was asked about the mariners was asked outright are they broke and obviously he had some things to say about that situation and that's what most mariners fans focused on with the uh the clip that made the rounds on twitter uh but in between the the shade that he threw at the mariners organization uh there's actually a interesting little nugget in there about the uh, the Mariners and the Rays. Apparently, before the Jared Kelnick trade, the Mariners and Rays were having pretty extensive trade talks, but the Mariners essentially told Tampa Bay, according to Rosenthal, that they needed to move some money around before they were able to go deeper into those discussions. So, they have now. They traded Kelnick. They offloaded the contracts of Marco Gonzalez and uh, Evan White. Rosenthal said that those talks could resume now that that's happened. That to me screams Randy Arozarena, who's projected to make $9 million in arbitration. There's also Manuel Margot, who's making $10 million, plus has a $2 million buyout in 2025. And Jerry Depoto had an interesting comment yesterday about needing essentially one and a half outfielders this offseason, which would say to me that Dom Canzone is viewed as one half of a platoon. And Margot could make some sense. Uh, there's also Brandon Lau, who's making close to $10 million as well. Uh, so there's some guys in Tampa making some money. Uh, and I would think that's what uh, Rosenthal is essentially alluding to here. Because Isak Paredes is not making money. So, yeah, just trying to put two and two together here. I mean, it could be a Paredes deal with just Margot uh, involved to help soften the the blow a little bit for Seattle or Lau. Maybe it's both Margot and Lau uh, along with Paredes. Who knows? But uh, Colby, what do, you, what do you think? I think it's Tyler Glass now. Could be. Could be. It's possible. I mean, we didn't know how much money they needed to clear to make Glass now. Maybe they needed to clear that much because they're only at 160 and, and glass now and Rosarina were going to cost 35. And they're like, well, we don't want to be stuck with, you know, 15 million for the rest of our off season. So let's see what we can do. Um, but no, it's probably not. Uh, I think uh, Rosarina is probably the guy who makes the most sense. We've heard conflicting reports on whether or not the Mariners really like Randy or Rosarina or they don't like him. I've heard from somebody who said, yeah, they're not really all that into him." from somebody who said, yeah, they actually went after him last summer. Uh, yeah. you know, and so it's a little bit it like much like the Mariners payroll discussion. Nobody knows as much as they seem to think they do. Uh, but except for us, because we know it all because we're smart, mm-hmm. yep. not just a hat rack, my friend. Wicked uh, smart, mm-hmm. wicked smart. <laughs> uh, all the smart gifts. Um, so mm-hmm. Rosemary seems like the best fit, uh, for me. Yeah. Um, just because you now have two open outfield spots and, and obviously you've been looking for kind of the guy to hit behind Julio. Um, so I just feel like a Rosarena makes the most sense. Paredes, uh, like you mentioned, he's only making like three, 4 million bucks this year. So it doesn't feel like they'd have to clear, no, you know, $15 million of payroll space to afford Paredes unless he's also coming in a deal with another more expensive player. So maybe that's Brandon Lau. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I still feel like a Rosarena is the best fit. Um, but yeah, there are some guys on Tampa's roster who are making money, um, you know, Lau being one of them and, and Marco being another, uh, I, I wouldn't love it, but if you're going to be committed to Dom Canzone in one of your outfield spots to start the year, 
you kind of need somebody who hits lefties really well and can also play some defense and that's, you know, Manuel Margot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's probably about a Rosarena. Uh, and then I think Harold Ramirez still makes a ton of sense and he's not making a ton of money either. Uh, so yeah, I think if it's about clearing space so that they can do a deal with the Rays, that would seem to me to be a Rosarena. And then because they needed to clear so much space to even talk about this, that kind of signals to me somebody who's making more than a Rosarena, um, or at least, or that they're adding multiple fairly you know big salaries. Right, they, or, they want to do something else after they do this trade with Tampa if anything gets done. That or it's a Rosarena and Lau, or a Rosarena right. and Margot, or all three of them, something like or that. Glass now, or Glass, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe that's it. Uh, to me, though, when I look at like who's the best fit on this ball club, uh, who would be the best fit on this ball club? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosa is one. Paredes is, is probably two when you factor in fit and just skill level and age and all that stuff. Age club uh, control, all that. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to put Paredes too. And then it's pro- for me, probably Ramirez, Harold Ramirez. And then mm-hmm. Lau, Something like that. Yeah, if they're trying uh, to cut down on strikeouts and improve walks and all that stuff, Harold Ramirez is a yeah, is the he's the guy right there. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe it's, it's uh, Yandi. We haven't talked about Yandi. Yeah, lately it, it could be. I mean, yeah, doesn't feel like it would be, but you don't know. You never know with the race. You don't know. Well, um, and we also don't know if they're if the Mariners might end up trading Ty France still. Yep, like, definitely possible. Um, so yeah, you know, maybe uh, there's maybe, like maybe, a Ty France Max Kepler trade out there with the Twins, something yep. like that. So it's definitely possible. So there, there are definitely ways that the Mariners, even with their new payroll restrictions can address the holes on this roster and actually be better than they were last mm-hmm. year, which is the whole point of the off season, right? It's just to be better than you were the year before. And even though you've taken a really like words way to start, you can still yeah. throw the car and drive and, and get to your destination uh, in time. If, if you mm-hmm. start acting now. So uh, yeah, my guess would be Randy though is kind of the prize that the Mariners are are eyeing right now, but that's total right. speculation. Cause like I said, I've, I've heard conflicting reports on whether or not they like Randy at all. So, right. Uh, but I think a is probably the guy they're after right now. So the one thing that I've been spitballing here is, is there a third team that you could potentially get involved that one would take a mostly or pure prospect package coming from Seattle two has the MLB pitching that Tampa Bay wants and three most importantly allows the Mariners to keep Bryce Miller or Brian Wu or whoever the Rays are interested in here because again and you know maybe it's all fluff maybe it's all GM speak very possible but for some reason Jerry felt that it was important to say that it was less likely that the Mariners would trade Miller or Wu or Gilbert or whoever that they would trade pitching than it was before the Kelnick deal. So are they really like my thing is like are they really trying hard to hold on to their pitching to their young pitching? And the way that they could maybe circumvent that again is if they can find a third team that would take Harry Ford, Colt Emerson, Cole Young, whatever in order for them to still get Randy or Paredes or both or, you know, whoever. And the Rays would essentially get 
like let's say it's the White Sox, right? Because there aren't many teams that fit this description, but I think the White Sox are actually a, a solid fit here. Dylan Cease makes a lot of sense for the Rays. Two years of club control, established major league pitcher, a lot more established than Bryce Miller or Brian Wu are. Obviously, less club control, and obviously the the Rays do value club control quite a bit. But would the Rays instead prefer getting someone like Cease instead of Miller or Wu? Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to trade Miller uh, or Wu now uh, because again, if they have less money to spend than they thought, and they trade one of those guys, they have to go out and replace it and. Yeah. replace one of those arms and we've assumed that they would replace that arm through free agency um, right. and you know if you have less money to spend than they thought can they find a, a number five with upside like miller or Wu for that fits within their budget there, there's a couple guys out there who might fill that role but i don't know can you get them uh i'm not sure so yeah i i don't know if there's a third team out there like you said there's not a lot of teams that you know are are not really thinking they can't compete next year. So getting them to take prospect packages, um, unless it's a salary dump and we know the Mariners really can't afford a salary dump going in the opposite direction. Well, they can't afford it. They won't take it. Uh, so yeah, it's a very tight needle to thread. I just, I personally don't see how they get a Rosarena, uh, without giving up Miller or Wu, unless it's something like Harry Ford and Cole Young, uh, and you know, like, Jonathan Classe, but you never know. The Rays are, are kind of weird. Uh, sometimes they take bulk for guys. A lot of the times they'll just take the best prospect. Like they'll do a one for one for a right. prospect, and you're like, huh. Well, but, and how important is shedding payroll for Tampa Bay? Like how important is getting Margot's contract off the books or getting Lau's contract off the books for them? I don't know because you know they're going to trade Glass now. Like that's going to get done. Uh, yeah. Somebody will take Glass now, and they'll take all twenty five million of his contract. So, how much space do they have to to you know? clear and do, is it even about payroll or is it just about hey this guy's got a year left we know we can't resign him let's trade him hey right. we got lots of bats coming up let's try and maximize what we can get for randy rosarena by trading him right now like the rays do things differently than everybody else uh, and if you think you can emulate them you're a fool uh yeah. so don't even try john uh, and and, so. and trade and trading with them is uh it's a dangerous game a lot of teams have made some bad deals with tampa bay but you know, not all the it times. There, there's there's no. some there's some wins in there. There's definitely some wins in there. Uh, the 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 Rays are not infallible in in terms of trades, but uh, it has been a dangerous game to play in the past uh, for teams. I wonder. This is just me thinking out loud, and I know we have to get to a third segment that is way late. But I wonder if is there a, a universe where the Rays and the Mariners do a simple like one for one swap where it's a Rosarena for like. Matt Brash. Would you rather have four years of Brash or six years of Miller? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, that is what it comes down to pretty much. So um, I don't know, I'm just guessing. I'm just speculating. Well, I, and I also, uh, and also it's going to be easier and cheaper in theory to land a, a reliever and, you know, a replacement reliever than a replacement starter. Sure. And I think there's a pretty good likelihood that the Mariners in one of these trades that they're inevitably going to make, they get a reliever back. Um, or even a, like a an actual, player. like like a good established reliever. Like a solid, at least middle guy, at the very least. Like someone that so, we know, not some like shot that they're taking. Like somebody like in the Eric Swanson mold, where it's just sure. like, okay, solid year. Not a not not a high leverage guy right now, but could be uh with a tweak, but just rock solid, like 
seventh inning type of guy. Gotcha. I think they probably get somebody like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, so maybe keep an eye out for like a three team deal here. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, these two teams, they definitely line up well with one another as is. So like they don't necessarily need a third team. But again, if the Mariners don't want to trade Miller Woo, and there's a decent chance that they don't, given all the things that we just talked about. I'd keep an eye on the White Sox. Just saying. Just putting that out there. Maybe there's another team out there that makes some sense. Um, you know, maybe there's a situation here where there's a third team that wants Tyler Glass now, right? And there's a deal there to be had. I don't really know how that would benefit the Mariners necessarily, but eh, never know. So, Jake Cronenworth, Colby. He was in our offseason plan, and the Padres, it appears they are very, very close to trading Juan Soto to the New York Yankees. Uh, there's mm-hmm. details about players changing hands and all this stuff already. So, like, it seems like it's all but done at this point. Uh, and uh, it seems like the next guy the Padres could trade is Jake Cronenworth, who, of course, was in our offseason plan. Uh, so, you guys know that we we do like that idea. Obviously, Cronenworth, we talked about this during the offseason plan. You know, he has the the extension that he just signed. It's anywhere from... I'm still confused about the numbers. It's anywhere from seven to eleven million dollars a year on that contract. I, I'm not fully sure on how that's structured it's, and how the money is divvied out, but it's seven million this year. Okay, so it's seven million this it, year. It is a backloaded contract. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a seven year commitment though, and he's making mm-hmm. a decent amount of money. He's coming off of a down year, and we know what the Mariners' payroll issues are now. Uh, so with that context, because we didn't have that context when we put him in our offseason plan. So with that context, do you think do you think the Mariners would still be interested in Cronenworth? I think and they what should do you think be. that looks like? It's a it's a you know, a guy who's been a four win player twice in his career and would have been a third time if not for the pandemic shortened season, uh, who's just coming off of one bad year. Uh, in which he was tragically misplayed. Uh, he is a good second baseman, a really good second baseman who was forced to play first base, uh, which puts more pressure on the bat because obviously if you're playing first base, you have to produce more than if you're at second base. It's a guy who walks, it's a guy who hits line drives, goes gap to gap. He's got some pull power. He could also play shortstop or third. Yeah, he's 30, he's 30 years old. So that's a that's a you know concern. And obviously this seven-year deal starts now this year. So uh, it's not an ideal fit, but you're talking about maybe spending an extra 3 million bucks this year over what you're going to pay Josh Rojas to get a player who is a four win upside uh, type of player who also, you know, covers holes across the entire infield, um, you know, helps your depth, helps the the length in your lineup is the lefty to go well with a couple of righties that you want to acquire. And again, it's only making 7 million bucks this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that the Mariners should be interested in him. I don't know what it would take because the package that the Padres got this year, it includes a couple uh, for Soto includes a couple major leaguers um, and a couple of guys arms who are close uh, to the big league. So the Padres don't look like they want to go in full rebuild mode. Uh, so they probably would ask for Miller or Wu since it's, you know, seven years of, of Cronenworth. Uh, but I don't think it's going to take that much. I think, depending on how much of the salary you have to eat and all that stuff, I think you could probably get in the conversation for Cronenworth for, you know, Emerson Hancock, Jonathan Classe, and maybe like a Dom Canzone or a Josh Rojas even. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think you should be interested. You don't have to, it's not a move you have to make. I'm not going to be mad if the Mariners look at that contract and be like, 
eh, we think we can do a little bit better because they might be able to, but it's a four one player who's coming off of his first down year of his entire career. Um, who's going to get to move back to his natural position. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still interested in Cronenworth and I don't think it's, it's going to cost top prospects. I don't think it's going to cost anybody on your, uh, it'll cost some good prospects. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's going to cost like an elite prospect or, or anybody in your top five. And I, I don't think it's going to, uh, cost too much off of your major league roster. Maybe a can zone type, maybe a, a Rojas or, uh, Dylan Moore, like as kind of a second or third piece, but, uh, yeah, I'm still interested in Cronenworth. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Ty Dane Gonzalez, Colby at CPAT11, that's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.